Thanks, Helen. I've not got any slides today, so um, apologies if you're expecting some fancy slides. I've decided just to go for it instead. And as Alan says, my, the title of my sermon today is Love Changes Everything. And that's what we witnessed this morning, how love changes everything. It creates, a new, it creates us anew. It refreshes us. It makes us new creations in him. And love is such an important thing in life. I think sometimes we take it for granted how important love is. And in this world, there's so much going on that sometimes love becomes a, a side issue. But we all need love. We all need it to thrive. We all need it to grow. And in the very early stages of creation, when you were knitted together in your mother's womb, and that's when love started. And God breathed life into you with his love. And that's why we all need it. <laughs> we all need it to grow and thrive. And as a tiny baby, you know, they've done scientific studies that show a child that's loved grows well. You know, they grow in confidence. Um, they, they grow in so many ways in their mind and their hearts. And, and that's just who they are. You know, that's what love is about. You know, and, and as, as people, we fall in love, don't we? we? We fall in love with things or we fall in love with other people and 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 that that's lovely too that's lovely too but all these things are temporary and it's only the love of the father and that's what I want to talk about today and it's good it's father's day because today we're going to be talking about the father's love and how his love changes absolutely everything there's nothing that can surpass it because while everything in the world changes and I can't believe you me, it's changing rapidly. can't believe the stuff that's going on now. It's just constant change. And we wonder why sometimes we get overwhelmed and stressed and all of that. Because there's so much going on. There's so much that can take over. And that love becomes harder to see because there's so much happening. God is unchangeable. While everything else is changing around us and constantly evolving and, and moving on, God's always the same today, today and forevermore and yesterday. He'll always be the same. He's a constant. So today we've seen a visible representation of what happens in the unseen. And Alan said that. It was amazing, Alan. You know, that's what baptism's about. It's, it's about that visible representation because as humans, as people, we need to see things, don't we? We want to see it to believe it. We struggle with the unseen and we struggle. And that's why love's difficult because we can't see it sometimes. We can see the results of it, but we can't sometimes see that love. And sometimes that's hard, you know? And I think it was beautiful today, Rebecca and Emmanuel, to see that beautiful re representation of God's love working in your heart, just that beautiful process. And I was talking about when you go back to the start, when you're first in your mum's tummy and you're being knitted together so beautifully. I mean, when we even go back to that, what a miracle, miracle of life. And Rebecca shared about her boys and carrying twin boys and the complexities of them. God's in it. He's in it in the small details. And it's in the unseen, in the womb, that there's so much going on there. And when the baby's born into the scene, we see the result of that. We see the result of love and, and what, and, and yeah, if, if you've ever given birth, this beautiful baby just absolutely besotted with this baby in front of you, so beautiful. 
and love impacts your heart. So this amazing transformation that's taking place that we witnessed today, that's what I want to talk about. Love changes everything, you know, and God designed it that way. He designed it so that his love was the most important thing in our lives. We've all got five senses. That's what we get taught, don't we? We've got our five senses that we've got our um, our sight, our hearing, can touch, can taste, and all of those things are so important to us. And that's what we rely on quite often. But there's another level, and God is on another level. And that's why we struggle sometimes, because it's hard to see. It's hard to see, isn't it? Sometimes we just have to touch something or hear something, but we can in the spiritual world, because we're not just bodies We've got a soul as well. We've got a spirit. We've got a very important part of us, our very core, which really desperately wants to connect with the living God. And you might not have ever experienced that before, but it's such a beautiful thing. I do believe that we're all searching, that we're all searching for that deeper connection um, to the Father's love. You know, God created us with the freedom to choose. So when we were born, we have this thing called free will. And anyone who's ever had a, a willful child <laughs> might know the struggle that that entails as they decide they want to do it their way and they want to have their own way. And that's often the battle as parents is that we're constantly having to shape and mold and encourage them in the best possible way how to navigate that free will. <laughs> and you know, as we grow as adults and we navigate the, the journey of life, which can be ever so tricky, ever so tricky, I don't think there'll be anybody in this room or online that can't say they've had tricky times or difficult mountains to climb. In those moments, our will is everything. And today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how God's love, when we align ourselves to his love and we give him our all and surrender our will, which just generally gets us into trouble, <laughs> to be honest, if we try to control it. If we do that, all else flows from it. All else flows so easily without striving. And I'm not saying life is going to be easy, but I'm saying everything else becomes easy as a result becomes easier. So if you've got a Bible or you've, you've got your phone or anything um, that with the, the Bible app on it, I really encourage you. This is our verse for today. I'm going to read some other verses, but this is our main verse today. And it's from Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. And this is the greatest commandment. When Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, this question. Now, before that, just to give you a little bit of context, he'd been quizzed by a group of people called the Sadducees. Great names in those days, eh? Sadducees, Pharisees, love it. But these groups of people were very religious. And in Rebecca's testimony, he was talking about religion. And you know, religion is, is man's rules, you know, quite often. They, they like, we like things in boxes. We like to know what's what, and we like to make sure that we can control the situation again. So religion comes in. Anyway, these groups of people, Sadducees, had been silenced by Jesus when they'd, when they'd asked him about the resurrection. He'd given them a brilliant answer. So they were kind of silenced. And the Pharisees then said, well, let's get together and we'll 
test him on this, this one, see what he's got to say. So one of them, that's what it says in verse 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? They were testing him. We wanted to know what his answer was. And this was someone that was asking that knew the law inside out. Now the law was made up of 618 rules. So this guy, that was his life. He studied them. He knew what was written, what was given to Moses. He knew them inside out. But he's saying, what's the greatest one out of all of that? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So all of the 618 laws, it sums it up. If you get this right, you don't have to stress about 618 laws, hallelujah. How good is that? Because I tell you, it'd be really tricky. And the, 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 you know, the Israelites really struggled. They strived and they really tried. Oh, they just wanted to please God. They really, really wanted to please God. But this is it. If you can grasp this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. These three things are so, so important. And you know, that's what we struggle with as people. You'll see over the pandemic particularly, people were struggling with how they were feeling and that's our heart, you know. People were getting sad and, and, and upset and, and worried and anxious hearts were really torn and minds were tormented. We've had so much on the mental health um, situation of people just really struggling. You know, even people that have never had mental health issues before, suddenly our minds are being tormented, our world's shaken, and that is, that is it. And, and so our soul, our very core, the soul's an interesting one, because it's, again, the most deepest hidden part of us. It's, this, it's the part that really yearns to connect with God, and quite often can, we can walk about like lost souls, can't we? <laughs> you ever heard that expression? Oh, it's just a wee lost soul. Who doesn't really know where to connect or, or, or root down into. So this is our verse for today. <clears throat> and I really wanted to focus on these three things, the heart, the soul, and the mind. And if we can align with these three things, and the love of God can transform, can change everything, can change our heart, can change our mind, can change our soul. And that's what we yearn for. We yearn to know we aren't, because we do muck it up, don't we? Well, I do. I'm going to put my hands up. I totally muck it up whenever I decide to do my own thing. And, and, you know, I've got it, God, just, and I've done that many times over the years. I've, you know, drifted a bit and thought, ah, oh, I've got it all together. It's all good. In our world, there are all these choices all these ever-growing possibilities. I was listening to something recently about how, um, now I'm gonna get this wrong, it's very technical, but some, uh, somebody that works at Google had, um, had, had, had a response from a computer which had feelings. 
and it was pretty freaky. <laughs> and this person was telling that story about how it, you know this, this computer had responded almost like it had feelings when he'd asked a, been asked a question. And that just blew my mind. I thought, what are we doing here? What are we trying to connect with? A piece of technology? Can we get love from our technology? We might love it, we might enjoy it, but can we really get our soul satisfied from it? There's so many things. The world's progressing rapidly, and it's great, it's exciting. Of course, I love technology too, and I love all the things. I'm like, that's brilliant, so, so good. But despite man's best effort to progress and get better, I don't think we've ever had a sadder world. I don't want to be depressing, but I do think that there's a lot of lost souls out there, guys. A lot of lost souls. And you know, we need a connection. There's something missing. What's missing? What's missing in this world? What's missing in our hearts? What's missing in our souls? And what's missing in our minds? That deep connection to the Father's love. That's what's missing, because that's been put to the side. It used to be, okay, years ago, um, maybe religion caused a lot of headaches, a lot of disasters. Again, that word religion comes up, which is a barrier, because it's man's, man's um, determination to put everything in a box, and man's determination to control. But I'm talking about God's pure love, not what we decide it is, but what God decides it is. It's the key ingredient to sustainable joy in every circumstance. When you connect with that, it doesn't matter what goes on. It doesn't matter. You know, of course we still feel these feelings, but you know, we know we've got hope, we've got a faith, and we've got assurance in Him who made us and who created all things. This connection brings balance and harmony, and it's what everybody wants in life. We just want to talk about work-life balance and all these kind of things, and psychologists are giving us all these tips, which are fantastic, absolutely fantastic, but again, they're not sustainable because the only thing that can keep these things in balance is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, just like it says in Matthew 22. His love conquers all. Any fear, you get strategies for conquering fear, um, you know, in psychology today, or these different things that pop up on Instagram. And yeah, we, we can do it, and we can try it, and it works for a moment, but it doesn't conquer it for good. We forget, things come in. But his love anchors our soul. It anchors us. It roots us down and keeps us on a steady, steady path. And as I said before, religion's not the answer. Religion's man's way of connecting with God. Religion says, make changes and God will love you. And the gospel says, God's love changes you. I want to say that again. Religion says, make changes and God will love you. That means strive to do your best. But the gospel says, God's love changes you. Submit to him and he'll do the rest. We don't need to do it. A deep connection to the Father's love brought into the visible and made possible through Jesus in the visible. Jesus came to show God's love in the visible. Because before that, it was, it was un, we couldn't connect with it. Jesus made it possible to connect to the Father's love. It's all that's required 
just simply love him with all you've got because he extravagantly loves you. I recently heard an amazing um, preach on the prodigal son. And I didn't know that the word prodigal means extravagant. It's, it's all about the father. The prodigal son, I've always thought about this lost soul coming back to the father, but it's all about the father and his, what he did. How amazing. He, he, he didn't even just wait for the son to come back with his head hanging. He ran to him, arms open to embrace him. His love changed everything. Absolutely. And he extravagantly loves you. He pursues you. Even when you can't feel it, he is. He's pursuing you and he wants to know you more and more. The creator of the world wants to know you. How amazing. So yes, his love changes everything. Your heart, your soul, your mind, and those around you as well. So we're going to look a little bit closer. I'm just checking my time. I don't have a clock. So please give me a nod if I'm going on. I'll rely on Ellen. You'll give me a nod. Are you with me? Okay, you awake? Everybody awake? Woo! Good! Good. Is your heart awake? Soul awake? Mind awake? Good. So, yes. So, that religion is not the thing. Relationship is the thing. God wants a relationship with you. He's not interested in you ticking boxes and saying, I've done that today, God. I've prayed for five minutes and now I've read my Bible and da 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 da. He's not interested. He just wants you. He wants your attention. He wants your heart, your soul, and your mind to be focused on him. Because then he can speak to you, and he can, he can give you um, the, the right path for your life and, and give you answers that you're looking for. He's not a transactional God. He's a relational God. Transaction is I'll give you that, and, I, and then you give me that. God's not like that. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to be with you in everything that you're doing. So I'm going to cover three points quickly because I'm aware of the time. And I just want to talk about these three elements, the heart, the soul, and the mind, and how real love transforms these things, transforms them. And it's designed from the very beginning. That's how God made us. The heart is the center of our desires and affections, what we desire the most. And a, a lot of people desire things, <clears throat> and I've been there as well, where, you know, you want the, the best car, or you want the nicest house, or you want those worldly things that, you know, they satisfy for a moment. You know, we've got, got a constant battle with computer games in our house and wanting the next back bling or skin on Fortnite or whatever that is, and that, that satisfies for a second, and then it's like, oh, that's that then. You know, so these things are temporary. Where do we put? Where's our treasure? Where, what do we value the most in life? And the Lord changes our hearts where worldly treasures decrease. So when we put our hearts in line with him, suddenly these things don't mean anything. It's not that we shouldn't, you know, have a nice house or do these things, but it's just that that's not our treasure. That's not what we aspire to as, as the ultimate, we put those second. Our hearts can get broken. Our hearts are fragile. We can get disappointed. We can get let down. And that's hard. But the Father's love heals the brokenhearted. Maybe you struggle 
to feel love. Maybe you've been hurt so much by somebody or people in your life that have hurt you. Or maybe you struggle to accept love. Our hearts can become hard and stony and cold, but God can melt the hardest heart. And there's testimony after testimony of where people have felt so distant, but God pulls them in with his love and that he can melt the hardest heart and transform it into a pure heart, one that desires the best and looks out for others with compassion and kindness and love. And the second one is love transforms the soul, our soul. It's quite hard to think about, isn't it? Our soul. But it's our very core. It's it's the very thing that will last into eternity. This body will fade away. Praise the Lord. (laughs) And it'll just be our soul. So it's very worth investing in. It's very worth. It's very worth. That's not even English. Anyway, it's very much... Um, an important thing to really seek the Father's love for because he loves your soul. He made it. When he breathed life into you, that's where it started, with your soul. It's who you are at your very, very core. And I'm a life coach. That's part of my, my job. And that's what people want to know. That's what we, that's what we do at the very beginning. We say, what, what's, it, what's it, you know, your core belief, your core values? What are these things? And, you know, it's amazing how that really starts um, a process for people. But our soul, our soul is so important. It's the part that's going to go on to eternity. Our soul yearns, you see, for peace, connection, stability, and a hope for eternity. Even if you meet the strongest atheist or someone that says, there is no God, they will still yearn for something, and they don't know what it is. It's that missing piece. Have you ever had a jigsaw with a missing piece? You get the the big thousand-piece jigsaw, and you're going for it big time, and then there's one missing piece, and that's annoying. (laughs) But God's love is so much bigger than that. In Hebrews 6, 19, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Without God's love, our soul is wandering, searching, never feeling grounded. Again, another massive thing in psychology is for grounding techniques, because when we get anxious and overwhelmed, we need to feel grounded. You know, even... You know, with an electrical circuit, you need to have an earth. You need to be grounded. You need to know that um, you're, you're secure and you're firm and that you're not going to fleet around and, and not know where you're going. So this hope that we have in God's love is an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. In Psalm 23, verse 3, it says, He refreshes my soul. He renews my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He's got the right path for you. Never, never doubt that he's not got the right thing in store for you. It says his plans are to prosper and not harm you. So, third thing, love transforms the mind. The mind. Oh, I think that's where we do our biggest battle. <laughs> in the mind, our thought life. You know, that just the things that have... We've, we've soaked in, 
that we've let take over our mind. What do you feed your mind with? And this is so important. Feed your mind with the love of God daily. Again, um, you know, it's, it's so important to, to realize that for your mental health. You know, we can try on our own strength and we can try all of these strategies, which again, there's value in. I'm not doubting that for a second because I do that with a lot of my clients. But there's more. There's another level, a whole nother level to this, to us. It's not just this surface level. That's, that's okay. But the next level is sustainability. How do you sustain that? It's only through God's love that our minds can be well well-being. That's a massive thing in the world at the moment, is well-being and making sure that we're well. Well, this is the key to it here, right here. Love transforms the mind. In Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So way back, many centuries ago, I'm not going to sing the song from Joseph. <laughs> It basically is telling us what, what they're now telling us to do for overwhelm, for anxiety, for depression. Renew your mind. You know, just, you need to take stock. You need to start the day with gratitude and all the Psalms. Be thankful in all things. And, and we, God, has, God has written that from the very beginning. Some of us are just working that out now. But it's here. The key is here. In Philippians 4a, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. That, that totally will stop the overwhelm right there. That's a massive one, isn't it? So let's focus on his love to settle the mind, to settle the heart. Anchor the soul. So the second part of Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40, the second command it says, which is like it, which is like love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. The second command, which is like it, is love the na- your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. God flips. <laughs> It flips it around, doesn't it? It's like, wow. Because in the world again today, we get taught about self-love, self-worth, which is important. We need to love ourselves. We do. And I don't mean love yourself like you're the best thing since sliced bread. I mean really love yourself at your core and understand who you are. But God flips it around. <laughs> it's him first. And then you're going to love yourself. It's really hard to have self-worth without his love first. That's why people struggle with it. They're struggling with self-worth because they don't value who they are. They don't know who they are. But when you align yourself with the Father's love, you will know who you are and you will start to love who you are because he made you. He made you perfectly as you are. He never gives up. He doesn't disappoint and he never fails. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to finish by reading this very famous um, verse from 1 Corinthians 13. I just want you to think about it as I speak. We're just going to read from verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. 
It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. God never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it'll pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. For when I was a child, I talked as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away all the things of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Beautiful. And I really encourage you this week to let those words soak in. And I was doing this with the youth on Friday night, and I, I said, you know, replace the word love with yourself. Are you patient? Are you kind? Do you envy? Do you boast? Are you proud? Do you dishonor others? It's kind of a good standard, isn't it, to, to say, well, if God's love's in me, I want to be showing these things. I want to be loving my neighbor as myself. And when we, when we do have self-worth and we, we love ourselves deeply, not just like, oh, I'm, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. We really love ourselves deeply. We can love people that the world doesn't love. We can open our arms to people that maybe other people would overlook, just like in the Good Samaritan the person that really needs to know the love of God. Our hearts change, our souls change, our minds change towards the one that needs to know the lost soul, the one that you can help. And loving your neighbor doesn't mean your pal next door. It means everyone around you. Because you won't be able to help it. You won't be able to help it once that love impacts your life. So I don't know where you are this morning with your love. I just encourage you to really focus your heart on God today. Focus your soul on God today. Be mindful of who he is and align yourself to his word. Align yourself to his love and soak in it and say, God, if you're there, if you're really there, I need to feel you. I need to feel your love. And I'm just going to pray to finish. And I don't know if the band could come back up, actually. That would be be great. Well done to George and Pradeep and to Roland as well. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love, God. I thank that your love is, is never failing. It never fails. It never runs out. It's unchangeable from the moment you created the world, God, in all of its glory, with the birds and the trees and and the mountains and all the beautiful things you made, God. Your love was in everything, interwoven, Father. And it's in us. When you breathe life into our bones, God, when you breathe life into our souls, Father, your love was there. And you pursue us, God. And we just, we're hungry for that, God. We just want to surrender to you, God, and, and, and just be who you want us to be, Father. Thank you for your love, God. I, I pray for anyone in this room, God, that has never felt your love, God. Father, I just pray that you, your Holy Spirit will touch their hearts 
we can't see it, God, but we know you're moving, God. We know that you're moving in our hearts and our souls and our minds, God. And I just pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding to flood our hearts, God. Flood our souls and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you.